This was a critical series in the grand scheme of things for our Chicago White Sox. And after losing on Monday night, the White Sox turned in a lifeless, anemic effort on Tuesday against the first place Minnesota Twins, losing eight to two. Michael Kopech got virtually nothing in terms of run support, but he did not help matters at all. Kopech turned in a disappointing outing, giving up four home runs. Uh, the White Sox try to salvage a win as they send Lance Lynn to the mound on Wednesday afternoon in the series finale. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Locked on White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. I really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox, especially after these last two games. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. Where in the world are the home runs? Uh, where is the danger in this offensive lineup? Uh, it's hard to imagine, but the situation might have been too big, maybe, for Kopech as he could not get out of the fifth on Tuesday night. But first, it was not supposed to be uh, this way. State of the Sox, Sox now fall three games under 500, sitting six and a half back in the AL Central. Uh, attendance for Tuesday's game, just short of 19,000. A lot could have played in that. Uh, of course, Monday's uh, disappointing uh, loss. Uh, fakes, folks may be getting back to work after vacation, the threat of rain, and a lot of other things happening. Uh, but I don't blame folks for not wanting to come out uh, to see this Sox team right now. Uh, a lifeless, anemic effort. Sox lost Tuesday night 8-2. Uh, to two. Uh, Remember when the White Sox went 13-6 and six against the Minnesota Twins last year and it felt like this weight was finally lifted off of our shoulders as Sox fans? Now, granted, the Twins were 71-91, and 91. Uh, last year, but it just felt good to beat the Twins. Uh, you know, I can't remember uh, a time, it's been a while, where the White Sox won games that they absolutely had to win. You know, they came into a series uh, with a chip on their shoulder, with attitude, with confidence, and they just did work and they won the critical games when needed. Uh, it is definitely not happening right now, and it is disappointing. The White Sox have not been over 500 since May 25th uh, at 22 and 21. They were four games out of first on May 22nd and have moved below that mark only once at three and a half games back on June 21st. They also have been more 
they have never been more than six and a half back or more than four games under 500 at that time. This is all coming into a Tuesday night's game. Again, this has been a stretch of games here in July, critical for our White Sox. And right now, their audition, if they want to be contenders in this AL Central, it is not going well at all. Things can definitely change. There are a lot of games left. We still have another one with Minnesota here Wednesday afternoon, four with Detroit, four at Cleveland, four at Minnesota, and then four versus Cleveland after the break. Uh, But if things don't change, and it's the little things, it's the attitude, it's the at-bats, it's the games within a game, um, maybe the hustle, the urgency, Uh, things are not going to change for this White Sox team, despite a lot of opportunities coming up uh, for things to change. Uh, I I was still thinking about that Monday game, and we're going to talk about Tuesday's uh, nightmare, uh, but there was a lot of um, aftermath after Monday's game. That that game sat with me uh, the entirety of Tuesday, and it's going to probably sit with me, as I'm sure it will with you, for a long time. Uh, Tim Anderson striking out at the end of that game on Monday. Uh, it was a drop third strike, and he did not run. Steve Stone was on uh, the score 670 on Tuesday talking about it, uh, kind of calling him out in a way. Uh, you know, there has to be accountability everywhere. And T.A., you know, he wants to be a leader. Maybe he really doesn't. I don't know, but it was not a good look. Uh, for him. Uh, Tim Anderson, 0 for 4 uh, on Tuesday uh, and was 0 for 5 on Monday. So, But I want to see Tim Anderson start stepping up in big games. I want to see him starting to carry that team like he was at the beginning of the, of the year. The whole, you know, how Tim Anderson goes, this White Sox team goes. Well, it's true right now. Tim Anderson has not been playing well um, offensively for sure. And the White Sox just have not been getting it done. Very aggravating. Uh, there was a, a clip um, after the game on NBC Sports Chicago. After the Twins were celebrating, camera panned into the dugout uh, after Tuesday night's loss. And Jose Abreu just sitting there, you know, on the steps, uh, one of the last ones in the, in the dugout. And the look on Jose Abreu's face of just disappointment, of frustration, of sadness almost, of, you know, the future is uh, unclear for what's going to happen with Jose Abreu after this season. Uh, But this for sure was supposed to be a year uh, where the Sox uh, were going to be able to maybe get him uh, deep into the playoffs, maybe get him to a World Series. And, you know, Jose Abreu has been doing just about everything he possibly can as of late. Uh, But the the folks that uh, have been surrounded him uh, have not been getting the job done. And, and, you know, we can go into the the variety of reasons and, and you know, there, there's a lot of them, as I'm sure we'll cover uh, as these episodes continue uh, to come here on Lockdown Socks. But that was a disturbing image of Abreu just, just kind of sitting there by himself, almost in dismay of what is going on here with this club. Uh, Abreu is the leader with home runs. Talking about home runs, there haven't been a lot of them with 10, uh, which is still, to just to wrap your brain around that number, 10 home runs is the leader right now with the White Sox. Uh, you know, Abreu hit a home run on Monday. It was the team's fourth home run in 15 games. Uh, 
to put things in perspective, Andrew Vaughn has one home run in 127 at-bats since the end of May. A.J. Pollock has one home run in 107 at-bats. Uh, Luis Robert has two home runs in his last 145 at-bats. Uh, it, it's just uh, the power outage, uh, is, you couldn't even fathom it. You know, if somebody told me that this was going to happen at the beginning of the year, I, you know, I get it. There's been injuries, but there have been a lot of guys that have been able to stick around long enough to be able uh, to put up some home runs. Uh, Adam Engel weighed in on this. I uh, read this quote uh, before Tuesday's game. This is what Engel had to say. Uh, once we get some of these guys back and we've been getting guys back, we're going to we're going to start hitting more home runs for sure. Uh, this team is going to be a really, really good, scary team when uh, they're all there. I think that's what we're all excited for. To say that we're more urgent than when we were prior, I don't think that would be the right phrasing for it. But the timing, if we can continue to play good baseball, obviously this is as good of timing as any. You know, Engel is saying things in the beginning of that quote that I think all of Sox fans, including myself, are saying, well, when, you know, it, it, how many more excuses? It was weather, it was injuries. It was like, wait till we get guys back. I mean, we'll see, you know, Aloy Jimenez is coming back, but uh, what what can we really expect from him? I don't know. You know, do, are you, are, do you have high expectations as a Sox fan for Aloy Jimenez? Is he going to be the guy that's going to all of a sudden catch fire and, and carry this team? Uh, I don't know, but I like the positivity from Angle, but I just I just don't see it. Uh, there's so much more to get to, uh, kind of going into Tuesday's game because because the Monday aftermath it just it carried over into Tuesday and it was really fascinating breaking down some of the comments about that triple play that base running situation um, and, and what Angle and Mancada had to say. I, I want to talk about Kopech's night because it was rough. And the little offense, uh, we're also going to get to that, uh, all of that in just a moment. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. So, if you're like me, you know, I was still sitting with this Monday loss. Uh, here we are, you know, Wednesday. Uh, and it's still sitting with me. But I wanted to go through and I wanted to hear what guys like Adam Engel and Yohan Mankata uh, said. And James Fegan from The Athletic had some quotes 
uh, from Angle. And Scott Merkin had a quote from Mankata on that triple play. Uh, here's what Angle said on that whole base running situation. Uh, Everybody did the right thing but me on that one, said Angle, shouldering all the blame for what looked like a multifaceted failure. Uh, There's nothing the base coach can do on that. It's completely up to me to make that play. I'm looking at center field, and Joe McEwing is over this way, and my first base coach is over this way, so they have no responsibility on that play. It's completely up to me to make that read, and I just missed it, and it cost us some runs there. Uh, I think that was kind of big of Adam Engel to take all of the blame on that. That was really not on him. Uh, I would have to say uh, it would definitely he's got to uh, he's got to shoulder some of the blame. But Yohan Mankata takes a lot of the blame on that too. This, this is what Mankata had to say on this triple play. I saw the ball for a little bit, and then I put my focus on the lead runner because that's what we do. As soon as I saw Angle just taking off, I just went after him. I didn't see where the center fielder caught the ball. How, how do you not wait to see where the ball is caught? There's nobody out. Runners at first and second. I mean, I, I just, I don't get it. This is stuff that is taught at a little league level. Definitely tried to be perfected at a high school level and should be just, you know, automatic by college and pros. Uh, it's it's on both of them, but some of the reasoning, I, it, it makes things even more confusing. Here's another quote from Liam Hendricks. Uh, this again, courtesy of James Fegan from The Athletic. Uh, this is a real crunch time for us, uh, Hendricks said. Uh, I'm not a GM. I can't speak to it. It's what their plans are. But if we go through a tough stretch in these next couple of weeks and then we're looking at the possibility of 10 games back in the division and that's also out of the wild card, there's a lot of different things that come into it. So obviously we're not thinking those lines yet just due to the fact we know we're in that stage now where this is the make or break stage. Is it just me is it, or is it unsettling? Hey, I love what Hendricks is saying. He's coming out and he's just saying it, but it's unsettling to me that we're even talking about this. Like guys might be traded away at the deadline. This is 2022. This was supposed to be a World Series contention year. And here we are July 6th talking uh, about, you know, we might have to sell things off. Uh, I know there's a lot of baseball left, but I just don't like the vibe. And going back to the Abreu thing, you know, do you trade off Abreu? Do you say, hey, you know what? Uh, You will always be a member of the White Sox. We're going to retire your number. You will have a statue. And maybe you come back with the organization at some somehow, some way. But we want you to go get a ring. And and you release Jose Abreu and try to get him on a winning club. I, I, I don't know. Uh, and it's sad to even, I, I can't believe I've just said that uh, in the year 2022. 20, uh, it's just it's sickening. Uh, some updates on Aloy and Grandal. Uh, Yasmani Grandal heading to Birmingham on Wednesday to start a rehab stint. He will probably DH uh, through the weekend before going to Charlotte. Hopes to be back after the All-Star break. Uh, La Russa, Uh, said Jimenez could be activated on Wednesday. He's been cleared to play the outfield, but they will probably avoid uh, him playing the field three straight days in the early going. Uh, Also from La Russa, uh, again, look for Jimenez either Wednesday or Thursday, said he was going to have to talk with him before Tuesday night's game. 
Uh, and then once activated, I would assume uh, Jake Berger uh, will go down to Charlotte. Uh, Jake Berger did get into the game Tuesday night after the rain delay, and they restarted things. Uh, they actually gave him a shot at second base, uh, something that a lot of folks have been calling for. And I think the uh, White Sox and Larusa said, you know, this is a good time to put a burger at second base. Now, one of the reasons they did that is because Josh Harrison uh, came into pitch in the ninth. And if you didn't uh, watch the game or a friend didn't watch the game, maybe let's say that. And they said to you and you did watch the game and they said to you, hey, how'd things go for our Sox last night? All you really needed to do is say to that friend, well, uh, Josh Harrison pitched in the ninth and Berger was playing second. And that should give your friend all of the uh, context they need uh, for what happened. It was uh, an ugly game, disappointing game, uh, to say the least. Uh, I was really hoping for a better outing from Michael Kopech, uh, a guy that we hope is going to be in the starting rotation for many years. Uh, again, his first year in the rotation. So, He's getting a feel for these AL Central opponents, just like they are for him. Uh, and, you know, with it being at home, such a big stage, uh, again, a critical series for the Sox. I was hoping that uh, he was going to bring some of that uh, energy from those Yankee games uh, in this uh, Tuesday night uh, game, but it didn't happen. Uh, he was not sharp. Uh, what, what, what went wrong for uh, for him, uh, we're going to discuss in a little bit, you know, more on that uh, in a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and of course, all Major League Baseball news. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, e-sports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Betonline, uh, where the game starts. So Michael Kopech did not have his... Uh, command. It was evident very early. And a couple of the guys, uh, obviously, on the Minnesota Twins that White Sox pitching needs to need to worry about are, of course, uh, Buxton. Uh, he has just hurt the Sox in so many ways for a long period of time. Uh, and of course, Arise, who is having a great season. And you got to watch out for Correa. Um, so how are, you know, how are pitchers for the White Sox going to handle Buxton and so forth? That was a, a, that was talked about quite a bit, uh, in the NBC Sports Chicago pregame. Um, and it's, it's kind of interesting on, on all the damage that was done by Minnesota hitters. It really wasn't a rise. It wasn't Buxton. It really wasn't Correa. It was everybody else that I guess Michael Kopech and the gang just, forgot about like we don't really have to pitch well to these guys we can just throw them middle middle we can hang some stuff they're not the guys we need to worry about well it was the rest of the team that really made uh Kopech and everybody else pay uh first inning command not there as I was talking about uh Arise did grind a, a ground out um to lead things off uh Kopech walked Buxton uh, he's still second 
uh, another uh, 3-2 count and another walk, then a third walk. Bases loaded and Kopech gets out of it with a big strikeout. 28 pitches, a uh, tough inning for Kopech. Much better command, though, in the second. Uh, zero walks. It was a nice inning. He faced a rise again, and he got, got him to ground out. Uh, third inning, uh, Twins, 10th in all of baseball and hitting home runs, and they started things off. Kepler went deep with two outs, hit a 93-mile-per-hour fastball. Uh, you know, maybe it was a little up in the zone, but it, it wasn't a competitive pitch, really, and quickly one nothing. Uh, twins. Uh, fourth inning, uh, Twins are back at it. Two-run home run from Miranda. It's 3-0 Twins. At this point, Arise was 0-3. Buxton was 0-2. So again, those aren't the guys, ironically. It's, uh, it's some other Minnesota Twins that are hurting us. Fifth inning, the Sox just scored uh, in the previous inning, and I should say their, their half. So you need a quick inning from Kopech. Get the bats uh, back out there, Sox can get back to work. That did not happen. Uh, Polanco with a two-run home run. It was five to one Minnesota. Then another solo shot, six to one Minnesota. Uh, everything from Kopech was in the zone. Fastball, off-speed stuff. I mean, he was just middle, middle, and and these guys were tattooing him. Uh, Tony Larusa comes out for Kopech. He can't get out of the fifth. Not a good sign at all. His final line, four and two-thirds of an inning, eight hits, six runs, four walks, five strikeouts, four home runs. His ERA is now 3.34. Lopez took the rest of the fifth and sixth, then Velasquez uh, for the seventh. Uh, More home runs by Minnesota. It was eight to two. Told you Harrison tried to clean things up. Uh, in the ninth, uh, and that was actually uh, that was it actually went pretty well to be honest with you. Minnesota uh, didn't score, but too little, way too late. Uh, offensively, I tell you, there was really nothing going on. I mean, disappointing at bats from a lot of our guys. Tim Anderson, uh, Robert had a couple of hits, but uh, he was up in some situations, and I felt like he could have done he could have done some damage, and it just didn't go our way. Um, uh, Anderson up with runners on and nobody out hits into a double play. It's just, they're just, they're, there aren't danger guys in the lineup. Uh, like uh, an opposing pitching staff should not be afraid of anybody of our, anybody from our team right now. We just don't have guys that are stepping up in critical situations. Really aside from Monday, when you saw from what Abreu did, uh, it hasn't been happening from anybody else. Um, Sox managed to get two on with two outs. Uh, Mankata actually had some life in the fourth with an RBI double, uh, but runners were still stranded. Um, Harrison and McGuire had some offense in the fifth runners on third and first with nobody out. Sox managed to get only one run in that inning. And they sent Tim Anderson, Robert and Abreu all up runners on first and third, nobody out. The heart of our order, uh, essentially, and we can only get one run. Uh, there just there isn't anything consistent uh, happening. Uh, the rain delay happened in the eighth, and and the Sox did nothing in the bottom of the ninth when the tarp came off. Uh, final line for the Sox offensively: two runs, ten hits, two extra base hits, zero home runs, a couple of walks. They struck out seven times. 
and we're two for eight with runners in scoring position. Uh, if things are going to change, they have to change. You have to stop the bleeding right now. You've got to salvage a win. Sox are sending Lance Lynn to the mound. Uh, it's an afternoon game, uh, and the Sox get right back with another a divisional foe on Thursday. You got to take this win. You can't be swept by the Twins in back-to-back series. Again, we got swept by the Twins in Minnesota. You can't get swept by them here on the south side of Chicago. This has got to stop. And uh, hopefully, Lance Lynn is the stopper. Folks, thank you so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast. Absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Socks. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Locked on White Socks your first listen. I'll make your second listen Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Coming up on the next episode, I'll recap Lance Lynn's start and hopefully finally be talking about a White Sox winner. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.